Well, you could tell who's not uncomfortable with greeting, right? You could tell those who are very comfortable with greeting because they're still standing. Hi, Damien. How are you? He's, he's so good with it. Hey, good morning. Good morning. You could say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is my wife, Trish. Everybody say hi to Trish. There you go. <laughs> We're going to do a, a marriage series, and uh, Trish and I, when we talked about doing this, there was like all the, the red flags of us actually trying to do a marriage series, and let me just give you a couple reasons. First, um, somebody's already laughing, laughing at <laughs> I mean, uh, we're not experts, and I... Th- uh, one of the reasons we decided to do this format, um, in our house there's a kitchen counter, and our daughters will attest to this, there have been uh, great moments of laughter, tears, there have been great battles fought at the kitchen counter. Um, and yet we find it's been a place um, that a lot of our centering and conversation about marriage, about family, about life come out of. And so uh, the guys put one together. Um, we're we become coffee snobs and do French press, and so we thought we'd bring our French press and actually give you a little bit of a picture of probably what it's like for us to be married. I think the other reason is, too, I don't know if you'd agree, Trish, but there's a little bit of uh, misunderstanding when, when we get up as teachers to talk about a message, and so we'll preach a passage, and it can be really effective and powerful, but you don't get any inside real look. And I think a lot of people walk away with thinking that like Jesus floats around our house and it's just all holy and <laughs> just sacred and when uh, oh gosh marriage is hard and even as uh, pastors and being in ministry for so long uh, wouldn't you say marriage has been great but it's been hard oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah when we when we talked about doing this, uh, I was talking to one of my daughters, and she said, oh, are you going to get up and say you poop rainbows? I'm like, yes, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Sorry. And she said that word. I didn't. I don't normally say those words on stage, but she does. <laughs> I was this cutting. is why we only do this once every three or four years. Yeah, that's so. right. I was cutting up a red shirt because I wanted Trisha also because... I said the word savvy, and everybody kept thinking I was like slamming Trisha. No, I'm used to being up here and probably thinking on my feet a lot quicker. And so, uh, just so that you know how real this is, I'm giving Trisha a challenge flag. She can throw this at any point <laughs> and say, nope, that's not true. I'm stopping the conversation. Uh, I surprised her with that last service. She didn't know that was coming. It's very helpful. So. You only get two challenges. I just want you to know per service, all right? And then if it's two minutes left, you can't challenge at all, right? I mean, we're going with right NFL rules. Oh, boy. (laughs) And then there's a replay and, yeah, all that. Um, That actually... I I think part of where we should start is uh, what makes marriage unique. Um, I know, right? That's what I thought at the last service, too. You're like, oh my gosh, what's he, he doing? He brought up a hammer. I'm like, oh no. We have to bring weapons to this counter when, we, when we're married. <laughs> we, um, he gives me the red flag and a hammer. It's not there. <laughs> our culture does not 
give us much to win in marriages today. And so I, I even think the subtle things that we've even talked about, shows we'll watch, that begin to slowly move us away from a biblical design of marriage. And it's damaging, and, and I feel an, uh, an ache and a pain for many of you who marriages uh, have not worked. And I, we wanted to do a, a series and just talk about some of the reality of marriage, but also anchor it in what's God's design for marriage. The other reason we're doing this too, wouldn't you agree, Trish, is we've met with enough couples that are not doing well. And it's interesting, I, I wish I could say to you that Christian couples do better than non-Christian couples. Actually, there's not much difference um, in the divorce rate, in a lot of the same issues. And so it calls us, I think, to talk a little bit more honestly about marriage and, and do it in this format so you get more of a real sense of marriage, of, of the tough part of it. Mm -hmm. But we, uh, I think, feel a weight um, for marriages, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I think too, we're, we're coming up here with our stuff, what we struggle with. Um, we're not gonna hit every issue that marriages work through, but hopefully you'll be able to relate a little bit and understand that um, when we say we struggle, we really struggle the way you do. Yeah. Um, and hopefully to give you a chance, maybe a starting place to talk and have conversation, even today about your own marriages, so. Coffee's done. I have a timer, so I cheated. Um, a couple thoughts. There are marriages all over the board in this room. And so why would we do a marriage series if some people are single or have had a broken marriage? And we feel like uh, talking biblically about marriage is healthy for all of us. No matter where we're at our marriage, if you one day long to be married, it's, I think it's a great series to talk about. Really, the only group in this room is um, that it wouldn't be as applicable to, but still something that you can support in the body of Christ is those of you are called to be single. Paul talks about that. There are some that just don't want to get married, and that's okay. Um, that's not less than. Being married isn't the completion of you, but God gifts us with this picture of marriage. Now, the, the passage in Genesis is really cool because in Genesis 2, it says that... Um, it says that it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God creates man, and he creates this beautiful world and says, I'm going to create woman. And so he doesn't take apart from the guy's head or from his feet. Thank God, not from his feet, right? A man's feet. <laughs> but he takes the rib from the woman's side, and then he, he the makes... Side, what's that? The rib from the man's side. Yeah. Did I say that? Woman. You don't have to correct me every time I talk up here, you know? <laughs> Did that count as I mean, one, or did, I still have two? Wow, I could tell this is going to go different than last service. <laughs> she has a little confidence now, so look out. <laughs> God takes a rib from the man, but he makes two. And then he gives this great challenge in saying, the two shall become one. And, and it's a great challenge, and it's a, a great calling and a gift that God gives us. But the, the, the struggle is, if you read the story further, right? We know that, can I get that pad right there? Because I did something to the counter that Doug's going to be mad at me, but oh well. Um, sin, right? So what happens is, I'm going to make sure I really get a lot of sin in there. Um, I'm putting the hammer down, by the way, just so you know, everybody knows the hammer's off the counter. Um, no, but 
that challenge of God saying, two shall become one, now, this is what we're left with. And you may not think of this yet, but imagine now this picture, you go to the altar, right? And you're holding that hand of this beautiful bride, and she's holding this hand of this young, handsome guy, and you don't even recognize that the sin that you're bringing into this marriage is you're broken. The challenge is still there that God says, two shall become one. But wow, we're dealing with that. What book is it that said, um, that talks about how when you get married, you do this unity candle, you know? How, how many of you guys had a unity candle at your wedding? Yeah, we did too. And so you take the candle and you're supposed to walk up and it's really calm and beautiful and you light this unity candle and then you're supposed to take your candle and each blow it out like that. And then he talks in his book about how it shouldn't be a candle. It should actually be this huge blazing bonfire behind you. Yeah, so on each side. each of you have one. And you're kind of going, you know, just trying to blow that big bonfire out and, and kind of become one, and it's not that easy at Yeah, all. it's the reality that we're sinful. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what suitcases we bring. Another picture is that the reality is this brokenness is you brought a suitcase to the marriage. Now, I only brought a small travel bag to the marriage. Trisha has a five-piece set. It's matching. I got it. I got it. Challenge. Yeah, challenge. You can't help. There's no assistance here. Careful. I'll bring you up, too. Yeah. Um, I, what we recognize pretty early, uh, not because we, we had this figured out, but we brought a lot to our marriage that was uh, just junk. Now, I want you to hear very clearly, I love my mom and dad, and I believe that most of our parents did the best they could from what they understood love was. But understand the cycle of sin in our family of origin, they brought in a suitcase, right? And, and we're so, passing it down to our girls, so we know right. one day they'll look back and say, you know, what, <laughs> what we brought into the marriage, I mean, what they're bringing into their marriages comes from us. And our sin patterns. And so there's no escaping it. I feel right. like to normalize that and to look back, it helps you look at your marriage differently. If you can look at how you grew up and identify some of that stuff because you do bring it in, then you try to connect with that person and it's challenging because of that. Yeah. So, so just um, a little bit of what I brought in. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents, my mom was married when she was 17. My dad was, I think, 19. Uh, joined the Marine Corps. Both of them married really to leave their own homes from a lot of their own junk. Uh, that kind of ensued an interesting journey of them trying to figure out what it meant to, to love and be married. And um, my dad wasn't faithful. Um, I love my dad, but the, the marriage was filled with that. We left my dad often, so there was a lot of this divorce um, threatening and so we'd come back and he'd get better and then it would get worse and we'd go out. So there's just a lot of that. And I'm trying to give you a picture because that starts to go into our marriage relationship. And so uh, early in our marriage, uh, really it was like the first year, I think, we had our, well, we had had fights, but we had a fight. We had a big fight. Yeah, I had a pretty big fight. Actually, I think it was over a phone. It's so funny. One of these fights it, was over a phone. It might have like, been. Like Trisha... You, you know, it's funny, we talk about frugality and, and, and how we spend money, um, and really money is a big factor in, in marriages about how it's spent, but you, know, it's, you start to learn like priorities. I'm like the guy to say, 
buy the best thing first so you'd ever have to buy it again, right? Um, sometimes that doesn't work, but most times it does. Um, Trisha's like, how much are we agreeing to spend on this? And she's willing to go like, she used to call cheap cheap. So we used to have this pink phone, literally a pink phone getting married. <laughs> I got it because there was a cute alarm clock, I think, that came with it. So I yeah. like the alarm clock. And so the plastic rattled cool. inside of it, all the broken pieces. Yes. That was our first like phone as a marriage. <laughs> Talk about a man card being lost, a pink phone. <laughs> hey, do you want to go I mean, call my guy friends? That was terrible. Um, no, so I wanted to go out and buy a phone, and actually Sherry went with me. And I know, so it's her fault. It's Sherry's fault, really. It's yes. Sherry's fault, because she, she made me do this. <laughs> um, I found a brand new Sony phone that had an answering machine on it. I mean, it had so many like great gadgets, but I think I went over the $100 um, that Trisha had suggested that I stay within. <laughs> But I'm the man, I'm bringing home some, you know, how could she, 10 bucks? Well, I remember I, it was like 112 bucks. Wow, you <laughs> thought I had just broken like a sacred rule because it just went, it was like not a good deal. Anyway, I don't even know if that was the fight, but another fight we had, um, because of what I started to learn in my marriage, or in my, my mom and dad's marriage, that they would fight and so I would watch my mom shut down. And so I kind of came into this marriage of, I would bulldog. A lot of people have called me that um, over the years because I don't want to let an issue be unsettled. Because if it's unsettled, they'll probably walk away. So you were pretty mad. I was mad. Well, I should probably share what I brought into our marriage too. Before we, we go yeah. to the conclusion? Okay. Well, it just helps, don't yeah. you think? Why don't um, you? <laughs> don't I? Why I'm just going to sip my coffee and listen to this. Yes. Um, if you need help at any point, just ask me. I don't need any of your help. Um, I grew up in a home where my parents were they're Christians. I grew up in a Christian home, and they loved each other. And um, But the way, the style of, of fighting for them was silence. And so um, my dad was just, of the silent treatment and could go for days sometimes. And so I learned that either there was silence or just no fighting. It would just go away. You know, somehow it went away. I don't even know how it went away. I didn't really watch them fight. Um, sometimes my mom would say what she felt, but it was usually not in love. And so um, I watched that happen. So I grew up in a home where you just didn't deal with things. You just kind of, you know, scraped them under the rug. And so um, watching that and then uh, coming into this fight that we had and Troy being a bulldog and coming at me trying to get poke at me trying to get me to say yeah, let's just let's rephrase the coming at you <laughs> just for clarity no weapons no no, no physical no. aggression no but it felt that way because I didn't grow up that way right and so I had never seen anyone do that and so to have him come at me um, I just shut down. I, I did not know how to deal with that. And so I said to him, I'm leaving, and walked out the door. Now, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm leaving. I'll cool down. I'll gather my thoughts. I'll come back, you know, round two, whatever. Um, but I didn't say all that um, because I'm not a, you know, we just don't talk about that stuff. So I walked out the door. And if you can imagine now Troy, who's, used to the walking out the door means we're done. Like, we're, we're 
This yeah. is it. She's leaving me. So what? Two hours yeah, later, two you hours walked later, in. Two hours later, I walked in with a bunch of groceries. Grocery shopping. <laughs> so in those two hours, yeah. about after an hour, I broke down and called my mentor, the guy, one of the guys who married us, and said, I think Trisha left me. Because in my head, I thought, well, she, she's not telling me. And when she leaves like that, and, and I had never seen this model in my home. And so you can imagine that's just one small aspect of this. Um, another thing I'll do is I'll tell Trisha sorry uh, because I, want, I don't want to travel through the deep conversation of pain. I'd rather go, I'm sorry, and just take, take it on, even though I'm not really sorry. Isn't that interesting? Because I don't want to have to deal with the disappointment, pain, and loss that, that I could go through. Mm -hmm. I and can this, remember one time you apologizing to me. Do you remember that? It was in this house, so it wasn't that I have fully forgiven you. I forget, yeah. hon. I forget it all. It's all just <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm clean. sorry, I'm sorry. He did say, I'm sorry, and I remember yelling at him, which was this big for me to even voice my opinion, saying, oh, you do not get to be sorry yet. You just hold on a minute. You can be sorry in a minute, but I get to finish what I'm saying. And I was just trying to be like Jesus <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> pray for Trisha. Yes. Would you pray for Trisha? Yeah. So I want to give you another part of the suitcase, and, and there are a lot of layers. And Trisha and I have gone to a lot of counseling, and, and I don't even mean that to be funny, but. Gosh, you need help in your marriages. You, you can't do this alone. And some of you are just dying in your relationships. You need to, one of the, the, the key parts of growth in a marriage is obviously the supremacy of scripture, our sufficiency in Christ, but really it's Christian community. And we talk about that a lot here, but we need to operate that way with our marriages. And I think a place where you can get real about your marriage where do you get to tell someone, I really don't like my wife today? That's okay. You're still called to love her, but where does you as gals get to talk about that? Well, maybe you do about your husbands, I don't know. But I think we have to have places where we can honestly work through some of the struggle and the pain. So another one is, I've just started to uncover this out of transformation of the heart, some of the stuff we go through here, but I've been reflecting back and realizing I didn't have a lot of affection like, I never remember my dad hugging me. Um, I never, I don't really remember that even from my mom, and, and she might have done that, because she was definitely the more nurturing one, but I don't remember that. So I didn't actually have any physical affection that I remember. What I do remember, though, is, and I never saw that with my mom and dad, like, holding hands, like, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I never remember this. Drink of my coffee. I, I never remember um, that kind of connecting place, but I do remember is when my dad would grab my mom, and it was more of a sexual nature. So think about the two extremes. It's not there, or it's very sexual. And I brought that into the marriage, because that's all I knew. And I thought, oh, connecting meant sex. When, you know, as, as females, and really guys need that too, is an emotional connection. And not knowing how to do that, honestly, never even seeing that model. So you can see how bringing that in uh, was a, it's been a tough journey for us. And I don't know, would you, you'd agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to agree that strongly, but you could. <laughs> so that's a little bit of what I brought in. I don't know if anything else you want to share about what you brought in or if you need uh, help 
telling you what <laughs> no. you brought in. I know one, another one of the big things that I brought into our marriage was um, my dad wasn't, I knew my dad loved me. There's no doubt about it. Um, but he didn't affirm us it openly, you know, like that open affirmation of you did a great job. It was usually how I could do something better. And so um, pleasing my dad was huge. Yeah. And um, even to the point of I would have, I would manipulate and get Troy to operate a certain way so that it wouldn't upset my dad. And that's no way to go into a marriage. And so even trying to, I remember us wanting to buy a car. Oh, and the car, that, <laughs> the car that Troy wanted. Um, was the old school Hummer, you know, like the old ones. Yeah, I was moving to Wisconsin. I think that's like a war vehicle, like all the stuff, you know, I, I thought that would be so cool to drive that around. Yes, and my dad is really frugal. I actually love that about him. He, he really brought us up really well that way. Um, but afraid of what my dad would say was my biggest reason not to do it. Um, regardless if that would have made my husband really happy and would have made him feel like, wow, I got to buy this thing I really, really want. And I just was so worried that I eventually just wore him down and told him, no, I really, I can't do it. I just, I cannot face my dad if you do that. So you can see how that works into our marriage too, of me worrying more about what my father would think than what my own husband. So it's that leaving and cleaving that God calls us to and the struggle we had yeah. in that. So. I love this quote. So this guy says, a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. And I think that's so true. I think there's so much to marriage that's shaping your soul. And I, I think one of the, the Mike Mason book you're referring to, well, actually sacred marriage, um, which is, I think, Gary Thomas is, he, he talks about marriage really not existing necessarily just to make us happy. Mm -hmm. And I think when, when I was 17, 18, 19, and beginning to, to court and date and then meeting Trisha, in my, in my world, I thought, well, you get married and you just, you just get happy, right? Um, <laughs> I had uh, saved myself for marriage and and uh, despite some of our struggles, we, but Trish has been that person that I've only been with. And so I thought, man, you get married and, you know, from what I got modeled, it's, it's uh, trying to figure out the right word, G-rated here. It's just, it's crazy time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Business time, crazy time, whatever it is. And it's all the time. Um, <laughs> I hear women laughing. Thank you. Thank you. But, but you see how, especially our culture, and we've talked about this too, is just how much uh, that distorts stuff. But you learn that while we are happy in our marriage, the, go the goal God is doing in us is refining. And I think with that, so we, we were getting ready for this, this uh, series, and I will do pretty much normally what I do is plan series and I'll start to kind of come up with outlines. And so our first Monday, we were going to meet with on Mondays to talk through this. And I had my computer out and I said, all right, well, here's kind of what I'm thinking. And then Trisha rolls the, the feeling grenade into the room. Um, and it's, uh, just look in my eyes, she says, like, and, and tell me what you think our problems are. And so it's, 
man, it was, uh, shut the computer. And we, we started to talk more honestly about that. And so let me just give you a couple things I had wrote down there and, and dive in, Trish. But first, I said one of our biggest struggles is independence. And I, you know, I know you know this, but I am selfish. And it's, it's really interesting how much I will do things. I think you, you said something interesting just there. You'll, you'll, you'll try to manipulate the situation for something you're longing. It's a strategy you've used to eliminate your pain. I do the same thing. And I'm selfish because I want things my way at times. And so I, I've learned that. And I think learning the discipline of love and walking away from, for your, from um, is the bonfire of self is really hard. And I think often we've waited for the feeling, I'll wait till I feel good about it, mm-hmm. or I feel like I want to love this person, where we don't learn the idea that love is more of a decision and choice, and it's something that's active, and it's not contingent on feeling. Yet, I feel so much different when I can discipline myself to love you through the, the, the tough times. But I realize how selfish I am. And gosh, I have lots of stories about I'm being selfish. Arguing. What's that? I said I'm not arguing. Yeah, you aren't. No, chal- no challenge there, notice. No. Um, but it's not fair to make you out to be the only independent. I think we both struggle with it. I mean, it's one of our biggest struggles. We both share it. And wanting to be independent, not wanting to need each other, um, and yet wanting it. So it's a weird feeling to know I really want to be connected to you, and yet I don't want to lose who I am. And I don't think I'm called to lose who I am, but I, and I don't know, there's something about that where I feel like if I give in, then you win. And there's something, I don't know, I, I, I don't know where that all comes from exactly. Um, yeah. But I struggle too. You're not yeah. the only one. So you put two very independent, stubborn people together, and there's fireworks. So we're, we're, we have a chance. I mean, you ask any of our staff, even working with us together. Um, we knew it coming in and that it would be challenging. But I think um, I was thinking about this even after the first service. I feel like when I reflect on that and being an independent person and not wanting to need Troy in my life, and I look at my relationship with God and I see it, I I can see why God used marriage to reflect um, his love for us. Because when I act independent of you, I can tell immediately that my relationship with God is reflected the same way. And so when I realize my need for God in my life and to have this relationship with Jesus that's ongoing, I, it's, it becomes almost technicolor what I'm missing with you. Hmm. And so I can see why God did that. And it's such a great reminder and yet such a discipline. It's, it's definitely a struggle for yeah. us. When we first um, took the uh, Myers-Briggs test before we got married and the... The test came back with a handwritten note to Trisha. Do not marry this man. <laughs> it did. It really did. It really did. <laughs> um, and we, we got it like two days before the wedding. Yeah. The I wedding think those people are evil, Myers Briggs. Yeah, I don't do think too. they're. We don't they're, trust they're that not test very spiritual. at all. No, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> but I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, pff, they don't know us. They knew us 
they knew it was, <laughs> it was coming. Well, and it's probably unique in our marriage, but that doesn't mean some of you may be the same way. We're strong, strong uh, personalities and, and leaders. So what happens is jockeying for who's going to lead and who's, who's in charge is an interesting dialogue, and sometimes fireworks definitely unfold. Um, another area that I had said to you was hiding, and I remember going to Ken Utech uh, a Valentine's Day morning. It's always a great <laughs> thing to go to a counselor on Valentine's Day, by the way. That's, just <laughs> That's really never strategic. a good sign to start your Valentine's Day. And I remember just about four years ago feeling, you know, us just not connecting and clicking. And so I remember him asking, Trisha, how often or, or do you honestly share what you're really feeling with Troy? And you said, no, and why? Because I'll hurt him or I'll crush him. Then he asked me the same question, and I said, no, because I think I'll hurt her. And he said, so basically you have a fake relationship, so it's not even real. You're not even really being honest with each other. And that's why I told Trisha, I think one of the things we've learned is that we're good hiders, uh, and it's just not authentically sharing. Not sharing and hurting each other, to sh you know, like you, you just blurt it out and you know it's going to hurt them but really getting in to the layers of, of how we hide. And you take independent personalities who don't want to fess up to dependence, to hurt, to fear, mm -hmm. to a lot of those emotions. Um, I felt, man, that, that seems to be one. And even sin, um, as men, it's hard to admit to our wives if we're struggling. And you know, there's a sense of weakness, and I think it's, in our culture, it's that way, but even in the Bible, that's what we see in the Bible unfold, that Adam and Eve, in the midst of their sin, remember God says, who told you you were naked, you know, after they have eaten of the tree? And, and what do they, they, they felt shame, they covered themselves, uh, it's that idea of being naked, not just literally, but even just being exposed, and I think learning that, we, we like to hide. And that mm -hmm. becomes a strategy of just hiding and becoming dependent or independent. And, well, and I think some of the hiding, too, um, I hate using that word because it's, oh, gosh, it just makes me feel sick to my stomach. But it is the truth. Um, I think I felt it was more out of a, I'm going to protect him from getting hurt, so I don't want to share with him in case, I don't know what I thought would happen. But just not sharing how I really yeah. felt or if he hurt me and to be really honest about that I would just tuck it away I remember once when we were in counseling one of the things they shared with us was you create file cabinets full of things so I just pull that file out and I just tuck it in there and then I shut the drawer and I kind of wait and then I have this gigantic file and so when he does something it's not the one thing it's that he's pulled out the drawer now we've dumped it out and now I'm gonna just blast him so I can remember one time him coming to me and sharing something. Are you sharing this week's story? Oh, well, no. Uh -huh. <laughs> Do you want me to share that one? I'm just saying real time, you know, being real yeah. honest with people. Okay, so <laughs> Sherry goes, did you guys fight this morning? My sister. I said, no, not this morning, but the day before and the day before that we did. So we've got lots of material. We don't have to go back very far. <laughs> And my girls can attest to that. Poor Allie got in the line of fire on the last one. I had to go back and apologize to her, which is also an issue for me, <laughs> saying I'm sorry. Anyway, so... Um, I still love you like Jesus would. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Over-spiritualization is, is not so good, by the hard. way. Yes. And I just modeled that for you. You don't do that. 
So Lauren, our daughter, was coming home, and we watched a movie, and at 10 o'clock at night, I jumped up, and I started putting some things away. I just, all of a sudden, You got I into Terminator mode I did. for the house. I did. And I turned to Troy, and I said, honey, can you just go empty the dishwasher for me? And I knew it. I knew, like, he did not want to do that. And so he looked at me. I don't remember exactly what you said. I want to misquote I, I remember. You. What? What did you say? I just said, hey, why are we doing this right now? That's right. Oh, man, that was the trigger for me. I was like, <laughs> really? Oh, never mind. I'll do it. I'll just do it. I'm going to go fold this little laundry. And he marches right in the kitchen. I can hear the dishwasher open. And I start yelling. But I didn't march like, okay, you know, yeah, In my head, down. I saw that <laughs> happening. <laughs> I, it's through my lenses right now, okay? Okay. And so he started doing it, but I started yelling from the laundry room to the kitchen, you better not be doing those dishes. I'm going to do them. I said I'd do them. I know you don't want to do them. Honey, I'll do them. I don't want you to do them. I will do them. I will do them. And then I just, I don't know, it just tipped. I, it was the file. I probably pulled it all out. And I started, I marched sorry, into the bedroom, I put the clothes away, and I was yelling from the bedroom, which this doesn't normally happen, does it? No, I don't, I'm not a yeller. You better not be doing those! <laughs> and of course he is. It's not like I can stop Oh, you him stood right at the, it. you were so about to I hit me. Over right the at the dishwasher. Yes, I did. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the hammer to hit. <laughs> and I did yell at him, and then I turned around because I couldn't get him to stop moving. Fine, you win. Like that, and I marched upstairs. I was so mad. It just. <laughs> I didn't feel like I won. I had to do the dishes. I mean, that <laughs> felt like I lost. Yes, well, the weird thing is, here he is doing the very thing I wanted him to do, but it wasn't with a good attitude, and so it got me. And so I think, you know, just. I felt like I did share exactly how I was feeling. But it wasn't to kill. Well, don't you me. think, though? <laughs> it was to win. <laughs> and we, we've kind of unpacked that a little bit. Is I think we struggle with, can I, can I do something for you, but it's not something I really want to do? But is that, is that something we can receive? And I think learning, are there things that we can do for each other, even when we don't really want to? But it's, it's called sacrificial love. I wonder if, like, God at some point felt the pain of saying, I'm going to give up my son but you know what I mean? That pain of, I don't really want to do this, but I need to do this. It's a sacrificial love. And so, yes, I did not want to do dishes. Not at all. It was late. It was kind of a, like a... Well, I was, He's going to build his case. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm saying, to, okay. to your point, it felt like, gosh, yes. what are we doing? And, and yeah. you would admit, it's like, yeah. boom, at 10 o'clock some at night, you know, I've had a glass of wine, I've watched a good movie. Boom, it's like Terminator's turned on. <laughs> House cleaning is going on. I'm like, oh my gosh. And Please I, tell me just, somebody else has done this. Please, somebody. Yeah, asking the question. <laughs> yeah. Husbands are raising their Asking the question, <laughs> why, what's driving that? And really yes. meaning it. And because you say that. Yeah. I just needed to hear, you know what? I really want this house to look great for Lauren. I'm feeling that anxiety. I think that would have been okay. But listen, in all honesty, I've been just as guilty of doing the same thing to you. So I think it's, it's just learning that honest sharing. Let me get to this next one. Okay. Um, not content with ourselves. And so we found ourselves that we can find projects and we feel like that's connecting. And let me just mention one here. 
Well, they find our value in what we do. Right. We try to define ourselves by doing. And the difficulty is that is, is just being with each other is so much more important. The problem in a marriage, especially with kids, is the kids can become the priority mm-hmm. or the events around family. And uh, friends, I got to tell you, if you're down that road, you're, you are slowly chiseling away your, your relationship with your, your spouse. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with your spouse is the most important thing uh, in your marriage. Obviously, you walk with God, but you're, that relationship, and I've told the girls, they'll remember, your mom is the most important person in my life. They're second. Now, hopefully, they don't have to feel like they're, they get measured or they get less than, but they need to know this is who I'm with forever until God takes us home. So that commitment is my commitment. My commitment to my daughters is to raise them up the best we can, but eventually let them go. So I think that does that pretty well do that, you think? So are you going to share what you did? <laughs> oh, cutting a hole in the roof? Yeah, um, just for sake of time. Um, and I don't mind being honest about it, but, you know, um, in Michigan. I went to the grocery store. I came home, and I see three heads poking out above the roof, and they had he'd cut a hole in our roof to put a dormer without any planning or... <laughs> it's just a, hey, I think I'm going to do this. I've learned over the years that... <laughs> If I get bored or I'm trying to heal a pain, but you would say we do, you yeah, do that too. I, do too. I rush to a project because yeah. I'll feel some sense of satisfaction. So we had talked about eventually one day doing a loft <laughs> and I got the sawzall when she went to the grocery store and cut a 15 foot section off of our roof, had the neighbors help me lift it out. Yeah. I hadn't purchased anything for the project. But I finished in about, what, 48 hours. I was done. You Boom. Did. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> tool time. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. I, I think yeah. just to say so is... So how do we wrap this up? How do yeah. we give them something to do? Well, first, I, I think there are some resources. Let me just give you a couple uh, in all seriousness. <laughs> um, Boundaries for Marriage. Henry Cloud and John Townsend do a great job with that. Um, Tim Keller's book. Uh, the Meaning of Marriage is a great one. Larry Crabb's book, Fully Alive. Um, the Mystery of Marriage. There's a lot of great books out there that I would just I would recommend. Um, it's admitting that you need help in your marriage. Because I think this idea... I, I'll tell you one thing that I as a red flag for me. I've heard some couples, we never fight. And I want to like throw that out. It's like, are you serious? Now, your fighting may be a disagreement, but if you're not working through the brokenness, then it's, it's claiming that you have this perfect cup, and I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's just getting there. But let me give you three things to wrap up, mm-hmm. I think, we're, as we're, we're closing up here. If you guys go to the, um, to the slides, that would be great. Um, first, what we find from Scripture in Genesis 2 and 3, and that'd be a great thing to read as a couple together, but uh, choose to love. Uh, stop waiting for a feeling to begin to happen in your marriage and choose to love one another. The Scripture talks about marriage being a covenant, not a contract. And in a contract, I get an out. If Trisha doesn't do what she's supposed to be doing for me, right, then up, uh, contract's null and void, we're done. And I think people view marriage this way. So then it becomes we withhold the very thing we know the other per- person wants, whether it's physical affection, whether it's emotional connection, whatever it might be. 
And then we begin this bargaining thing. And I don't even like when we say marriages are teams. No, you're in a covenant relationship. What covenant means is I love no matter what she does or doesn't do. That's biblical. That's why Paul will say, husbands, you love your wives like Christ loved the church. He died for it. Learn how to die. (laughs) You know? Um, I think that's really important. Um, The next part is, second, is we just said stop blaming. And that's on your part. And I know we've talked about this often is it's easy to point a finger. I mean, even in this message and as we talked about this, it would have been easy for us, it'd been easier for us to talk about one another. Hey, remember when you? (laughs) It's funny, like the stories are easy for us to recall about the other person. And what we need to begin to do is own our part. And I, and I think this is where um, Gary Thomas or Sacred Marriage, uh, Mike Mason talk about marriage is there not predominantly for our happiness. It's, it's there that God is shaping us into something different. And there is nothing more powerfully transformational than being in a marriage that is working towards Christ because it's shaping you. I mean, it's, I'm learning things like patience and love and forgiveness, and I know you are in greater ways than probably I am. And, and I think that's huge for couples to, to recognize. Any thoughts there? No. No? Um, last is stop hiding, and we had mentioned this, and I think this again, can we just confess these are things we keep trying to work on, mm-hmm. is be lovingly honest. I'm going to give, though, a caveat is something I think we've learned the last few years. Being honest, brutally honest, where we just throw up on our partner and it's, it's hurtful, is not lovingly honest. If it's not through the grid of love and that love is to connect with that spouse, sometimes I have to say some things to Trish that aren't going to be nice words to her, like, why are we doing this? Honey, I feel like you're operating out of an anxiety and defining yourself around a clean house that really isn't defining you. Now, we still might have cleaned house, but I think just that kind of conversation and dialogue is being lovingly honest. Or, Troy, I see you're at work too much and your identity is being wrapped up around that. You're, you're moving away from us. These are hard conversations, uh, but having them is more uh, a desire to connect in the relationship. I think even asking yourself that question in it, am I fighting to win, which clearly I was the other night. I wanted to win, um, but told him he won. But in my head, it's really asking that question, am I fighting to connect with Troy, or am I fighting to make a statement, to make sure he knows how I feel? And that's not not the way we're designed to do it. And if, if we truly believe the Bible, and, and the story in scripture, then you, you have to recognize you're broken. You have to recognize that you were sinned against as a child by your parents, whether they loved God or not. And guess what? We perpetuate the same sin into the next generation. Talking about that brokenness, affirming the brokenness that we have in our own lives is a first step. Doesn't fix it. This is not a fix-it message. This is just a beginning to expose. We are broken people. And being married is hard. It's hard work. So we wanted to finish up um, two ways. Trish will kind of send us into communion time. Uh, but 
I, I wanted to do something with you. We wanted to do something with you. I'm sure some of these couple, you guys in here are, you're feeling like we're done. You're, we're too far gone. And you just need prayer this morning. Some of you just want prayer for your marriage. You're concerned or you want to, to go deeper in your marriage. And we feel like, as the scripture says, corporately to pray for that. It's a powerful thing when we can do that together. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if you want prayer as a couple, that you'd stand and, and we want to pray for you. So, and Trisha and I are going to stand as a couple that need prayer. At least Trisha needs a lot of prayer because she's married <laughs> to me. Um, I mean that in all good ways. But would you stand? And, and we want to just pray over you. And I uh, just gets, I feel, I feel deeply when you stand. Because for me, and I know Trisha, you're being honest. Um, that marriage is hard. And, and most of us didn't have very good models that, that we can point to as being perfect. And just being honest and standing is, you guys, a great first step. Again, there's more work. But Scripture tells us to be honest, and that was, is what community is about. So, Trish, would you just pray over them? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, we stand uh, with a bunch of people, too, that uh, we long to have marriages that are fulfilling, that are honoring, that are growing. And so, God, I am praying on behalf of a whole room of people who um, may be struggling or feel challenged in their marriage. And, and God, you know, you know the underbelly of the marriages that are standing, and you know what's going on. And so, God, we are standing as a first step saying we want you to step into it, into the mess, and help us figure it out. And we long to have marriages that are... Um, our models to our young people. So God, I lift each one of them up. I wish I knew each one of their stories, Lord, but you do. And I lift each of them up. I ask that you help them take these first steps. If it's never been a, a marriage where they can talk openly about things, and God, I pray you open those doors even today as they walk out this door. And so God, we lift them up, and we love you very much, knowing you'll care very gently for these marriages. In your name, amen. Amen. So now as you um, go to communion, um, both Troy and I just felt like, you know, it's hard enough to talk with each other, but when you go to communion, I'd encourage you to go and really make that connection with God first because we truly, truly believe that this marriage probably wouldn't have lasted if we didn't have God in our lives and if he wasn't center, center to what we do. We don't do it perfectly, and believe me, there's times I don't want to, I don't want to pursue God in my marriage. I, I quite frankly just want to be selfish and do it my way, and I think I know how to do it pretty well. And then I realize, oh my goodness, what am I doing? This is not how God designed it. So I think sometimes when we do messages like this, it's hard to walk away and do these things, like actually have these conversations. So before you do, my encouragement, Troy's encouragement would be go to the cross and pursue God and ask him, give me the courage, give me the words, tell me how do we begin this, and thank him for what he did. He pursued you. So, uh, Meg, why don't you lead us in a time of worship?